you know, as Herr Jaffe, there's things that God's done in my life. The Lord said, well, how will we, what are we called to do? Every church is different, and so I don't, I don't try to compare our church with other churches. I don't try to be like other churches. I try that. I try to try to be like other ministers. I mean, for the first couple of years preaching, you know, I was like, well, I figured I'm pastoring Jerry Savelle's church. I've got to, I got to be like Jerry Savelle. And, and Justin was, no, I just need you to be Justin. That's all. Just Justin. And, uh, and, and so you can do the same thing as a pastor and, and say, hey, what, what are we going to do as a church? And what are we called to do? And, and what we're about is there's hurting people in our community. He said, love them for, love them for him. Amen. I I desire us to be filled with the love of God, overflowing with the love of God. Everywhere you go, I just want the love of God to work through your life. That's what's going to change people's lives in your sphere of influence. Just just love on people. That's what we're called to do, love on people. And, 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 you know, that's, that's our mandate. That's our why as a church. There's hurting people. Let's love them for him. What are we called to do? We're called to make winners in life. How are we going to accomplish it? And this is, this is the Lord spoke to me years ago. And he said, Justin, it's going to be about bringing them to an experience with God. It's going to be equipping them with the word. And then it's going to be engaging them to influence the world around them. That's what we're called to do as a church. It's, that's how we're going to accomplish making winners in life. Bringing people to an experience with him. I don't know, but everything changed when I experienced him. When I experienced him in my sister's living room in January 23rd of 1993, I, no one could say, hey, God isn't real. Amen. Because, because I was like, God, if you're real, I need something more than what I've seen up to this time in my life. And, and he wasn't waiting for me to get cleaned up. He wasn't waiting for me to be perfect. He answered the cry of my heart. Why? Because the Bible says if you call unto him, he'll answer you and he'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I didn't know anything about him, but when I called on him, he manifested on my physical body and I could feel the presence of God. I could feel what I know now as the fire of God in my life. And it's something that healed me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And no one could say God isn't real and God doesn't move and God doesn't manifest. And so there's some here that when you were here at the Rodney Howe Brownian, you experienced God's presence like you hadn't known before. But I want you to know the enemy will try to say, oh, well, that was kind of weird. That's kind of this or that's kind of that. Or that. No, no, the thing is you need to know the reality of God. And then, and then, then in my life, I got equipped with the word of God. I'm telling you, the word of God. Wow. It's life and health to all my flesh. And I want it to be life to you. I want it to be life to you. And the next thing in my life was... I engage myself to influence the world around me. And that's what I want each one of you. I'm I'm looking around. I'm looking at faces. Each one of you. Where you would understand you have an assignment on your life. Now you may not be called to, to, to pastor behind a pulpit like this. But that doesn't mean you're not called to influence someone's life. That doesn't mean that your life won't speak and, and or the Holy Spirit speak through your life. Jesus told the disciples, I want you to go to Jerusalem. I want you to go there and I want you to wait there until you are endued with power from on high. Say power. power. That's ability. That's ability. That's ability. That's, that's the ability for service. And he says that you would have this power. And it, was, it wasn't just so you could say, I felt power. Me being healed in my sister's living room floor wasn't to say, hey, I sure felt the power of God. No, it was for me to then go and replicate and produce that same power in someone else's life. And why I'm pastoring a church and why I'm in ministry today is because the same thing that touched my life, I know God wants to touch someone else's life with that same burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. So the power is on our lives for us to be witnesses. It's not for on our lives for us to be goofy or weird. It's on our lives for us to be witnesses. I was um, at a, uh, I was at a barbecue uh, place yesterday, a place in Arlington called Hurtado, and man, I had to stand, I had to stand in line for 50 minutes before I could even order food. 
And the place is good, by the way. I just, just so you know. Um, but I was standing there, and I'm, I'm by myself, and I was there. To, our, our son was doing some things there, and Corey, and, um, and I'm there, and I'm just, I'm just sitting there. All by, I was, I was going to just do some stuff, like on my phone, and check emails and things. I know, I know the line's pretty long. And, and, uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, there was a family of like 16 people behind me. And then there was this one gentleman, and he just started, he started talking to me. And he, he just started asking me questions. He was just like, so where, where are you from? And, and then all of a sudden, I, I would just kind of like my, my, my business. And, and, he, and he was like, there's just something about you. I just want to ask you questions. He goes, what do you do? I, well, I'm a pastor. And he goes, wow, what's that like? <laughs> he's so, and then, he, and then he, he's turning around talking to his family. And so, so I, I start on, on my phone and, and, and he comes back. He, he taps me in the shore. He goes, he goes, I don't know why I'm asking. I don't do this. He goes, I don't know why I'm asking you these questions. He said, but, but so do you, you know, like when you like, when you do your talks in front of people, that's, he goes, when you do your talks in front of people, he's. He goes, well, do you like, like buy like sermons online? Do you? I was like, well, no, I, no, I don't buy sermons online. And I said, I said, well, you know, I pray and I, I, I listen to the Holy Spirit and, and I read the word of God and God tells me, what does my church family need? And he goes, wow. He goes, you know, I've been working with this pastor and he said the same thing to me. And, um, and we just got, it was just one thing after another. He just said, so in 45 minutes, I mean, we're, we're talking the whole time. And I keep sowing the word, sowing the word, and sowing the word, and sowing the word. Now, he wasn't ready at that point, but yet I know the pastor that he's working with is going to reap the harvest. But all I was doing, I, I, didn't, I didn't go up and, but it was just something about me, Kenny, that he was like, he just, just wanted to ask me questions. There's just some, I don't know, he goes, I, I just... I just want to know about you for some reason. I don't know why. I live in Odessa. I'm here to a Rangers game. And I just, but yet I, I, I just, there's just something about you that I just need to know more about. And I said, well, well, just, just know that. And, and, and I said, just, if you're not ready, just, I just want to leave this with, with you. The anointing on my life, you have to know that you have the ability to tap into that same anointing that you do for the business that you work in. It's not just a preacher thing. But it's an everyday thing. Be a witness. Be a witness. To be a witness. Terry, come up here. (laughs) To share the gas station experience. Oh, man. We have a gas station ministry at this point. Honestly, we do at this point. Um, it's really, it's really difficult to, to go at any gas station in any city or state, and people are not getting saved from left to right. I mean, at the gas pumps. And I said, I wonder, um, God, that's. I, I think he, he has a way of putting people on lockdown. You, you can't leave me right now. You got to get gas, so they're probably, <laughs> so they're going to get this gospel. Amen. But uh, long story short. It was late at night, and I was um, walking to the, well, not walking, I was walking into the, uh, no, the Crowley Walmart gas station right here. And I'm walking out, and as I'm walking out, you know how you hold the door for people? I hold the door for people to uh, let him come in, and the last guy that came in, you know, there's something about it when you look at people. You just see people, right? Passing you, walking by. But sometimes you'll walk past or see somebody that cross your path, and something goes all the way off right in here. Right? There's a difference when that happens. That means God wants you to do something about it. <laughs> so, so much compassion. I mean, it, it hit me so hard and heavy for this guy. And I didn't know exactly what it was. Like, God, you want me to pray for him or minister to him? Be the way it go. I know you're going to manifest that direction right now. So, I'm walking to uh, my car to get gas. As soon as I turn around, that same guy is coming back out. But I noticed he's walking to the pump right next to mine. I said, well. Jesus, we got him. We got him. So the very next thing that happened was I got my gas and got done. I saw he's about to start, so I waited for a second as it's pumping. And then I just got around the car. And I, I just, the first thing that came out of my mouth is, where do you go to church? 
And then I started ministering to him. And then the very second I started talking to him, he started like shaking. And then all I did was ask him about like, where do you go to church? And he started doing like this. And I'm like, what are you? So I'm watching him, but I'm, I'm, I'm focused. And then he sits, he sits back in his truck. He gets back in his driver's seat. He's sitting in his driver's seat. And I know he don't know who's this young black guy that's walking up to me in the middle, almost midnight at the gas station. And his hand gets kind of like, he sits down in the seat. And his hand gets kind of low, like, like he's ready for whatever. He don't know what's about to happen. So, his, you know, people, come on, what are they grabbing for when they reach under the seat? Right? So I'm like, well, you, you got a strap. I'm strapped with the word. So no fear here. So anyways, immediately he got back out and then he started going like this. And I'm looking, talking to him, like, why is this dude just all of a sudden doing this? And he said, look. I said, what? He said, look. He said, all of my hair is standing up. And all I asked him was, where do you go to church? And I started saying something about God. And I told him, I said, that's the, I said because the presence of God is here right now and it's on you. Woo! That's exactly what's happening right now. And then, so, in, in about two minutes or less, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. Woo! Praise God. Amen. And also, I'm reminded of this scripture that I want to pull up from that verse. Remember when Pastor Ronnie Howard Brown was here recently and he gave that word about telling somebody every day about Jesus. Um, I remember I talked to someone recently, well, no, not recently, about, probably about eight or nine months ago about that. God told me, he said, because we, we win souls often, very, very, very often we're winning souls. And sometimes there might be a day or two that goes by without you winning a soul. And God convicted me of that. He said, how are you, he said, how are you going to receive evangelist that I gave you and you're not telling one person about me and win them to me every single day of your life. And that convicted me. And ever since then, we've been winning souls like crazy. Amen. But this, this, this scripture I want to read is, um, that goes, well, there is scripture that backs that up. In Psalm chapter 96, verse, verse 2, it says in the New King James, sing to the Lord, bless his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation day to day. So what we're proclaiming to these people, the loss, is the good news of salvation. So we have to remind ourselves that when we pass people, we're not passing by these people. Mm-hmm. We're right. not. Right. You are a spirit. Yeah. You have a soul. You live in a body. Mm-hmm. So we're literally passing by spirits and souls on a daily basis. They're either on their way to heaven or on their way to hell. Who are we to have Jesus and not help them? Amen. <laughs> Make it to heaven and live with Father God eternally. Amen. 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 Praise Woo. God. Praise God. Mm. Amen. One more testimony I want to share. I was going to tell you later, but I was like, you, you, you asked me to do this, so. <laughs> all right. We got all kind of awesome, hilarious, fun, and lit stories about salvation and souls being one. Amen. But uh, this one, um, you know, how many of y'all know about Terry Savelle's icing conference coming up? Icing mm-hmm. conference, the uh, uh, conference, okay. Who all's going? Raise your hand. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm DJing her conference uh, this year, the, the before party and the after party. And I was rehearsing th- uh, Friday night. And this is a week away from icing. I'm rehearsing on the turntables, going over my set list, scratching. Because as you know, I'm a battle DJ. So far, I've done one battle and won it. So, so far, I'm still undefeated. But, <laughs> but. And I have the trophy. It's sad to say I, I, I got to find it, but I will. But anyways, I'm scratching it and going over my rehearsal, you know, for Thursday before. And that was a favorite guy situation. We have to talk about We have to talk about that later on certain things that took place. But I'm scratching and I'm DJing and I'm going in. This is Friday night. And the crossfader that you scratch with, my hand slipped and I looked up and the crossfader was in my hand. It's less than a week from icing and my turntable's broke. <clears throat> so you will know the exact thing I did next. I, I, the, well, yesterday morning, I called my mom and tell her about it. I said, man, it really does. I said, I know. I said, it, it super tremendously blessed me to, to, to see how my, my immediate natural response was ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And there was no fear. There was no, there was, there was no nothing. 
And I said, so imagine how much more it blesses our Father God when our natural response is not even, no, there's no knee jerk fear response, right? And so I grabbed my Bible, uh, opened Philippians 4 19 and 1 Peter 5 6 and 7, and I spoke to it. And I said, you're either going to be repaired days before icing, or I'm going to get a brand new pair days before icing. Regardless, it's all taken care of. I closed my Bible, went on, and purposely did something else and had fun and move forward. The very next day, say the next day. The next day. A partner gave 2500 to my ministry uh, yesterday. And so today we go pick up all brand new equipment. The best, the, the best Thank equipment. The Amen. So... Amen. I was wanting to share that testimony, and the reason why they wasn't able to repair the one I already had, because they said it was, well, sir, this is kind of, uh, this is kind of obsolete. <laughs> and, and so I went back home real late. It was like, man, uh, me and my son was all over Texas yesterday, going to all these guitar centers. It was all over Texas. And good Lord, everything's so far apart in Texas. Anyways, so we, so I'm, I'm, I got back home late and I pointed to those turntables. I said, they call you obsolete, but they don't know who you belong to. <laughs> I did. I spoke to it. I said, you belong to me and the favor of God is on me. I'm different. So regardless, God is going to see to it that these still get repaired. Amen. 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 Thank you. So the point, the point is, the point is the witness, our life speaks. Because we have God on the inside of our lives and we're to be a witness everywhere we go. That's why we, that's why we do the things that we do if you, if you get the text messages for Love Acts, if you've signed up for that. It's just like no matter where you are, it's just to remind you, hey, Love Acts. I mean, love does something. You know, or each one reach one. Or being a part of an outreach team. Whatever it is, sharing your faith somehow, some way, every day with someone. And looking for those opportunities, that the doors that God opens in the hearts of people. Amen. 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 Yes, and this does have to do with what I'm preaching this morning. So turn your Bibles to First, first uh, Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6. And I've been talking about the Holy Spirit. In Joel 2.28 he says... Prophesies, which remember a prophecy is just as much as a promise that he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. Meaning there's no one he wants to leave out from this. He wants all people to experience this. 1 Corinthians 6. Thank you, Father. Verse 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, who is in you, whom you have from God and you are not your own. I, 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 will, I'm, I won't become great. I won't fulfill my assignment based on how good I am because of who I am. I will fulfill the assignment on my life. You will fulfill the assignment on your life because of whose you are. The Holy you are the temple. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit lives in you. And it says whom you have from God and you are not your own. You're not your own. I'm not my own. You are not your own. If you made Jesus the Lord of your life, the Holy Spirit of God lives on the inside of you and you no longer have ownership. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Last week we talked about a treasure. We have this treasure that he's beyond a treasure. If you being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, a treasure that exceeds, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the gift of the Holy Spirit? 2 Corinthians 4. Verse 7 it says, But we have this treasure 
in an earthen vessel. Meaning this isn't something for heaven. This isn't something for the future. This is something that's in an earthen vessel. You are an earthen vessel. You were made from the dust of the ground. But here it says we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. That the excellence and uh, excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. I, I'm not going to fulfill my assignment or be great in myself. But I'm going to fulfill my assignment and be great in my life. Because of whose I am. And who's on the inside of me? I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Say that with me. I have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Now, Smith Wigglesworth made this statement. He goes, you must come to see how wonderful you are in God and how helpless you are in yourself. Let me say it again. We must come to see how wonderful we are in God and how helpless you are in yourself. You will always be limited in you. But realize you're not just with you. You, you, you. Your life is not your own and you have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Realize the Holy Spirit is everything in us that scripture says he is. Realize the Holy Spirit will do everything in us that scripture says he will do. And realize the Holy Spirit will be everything in us the scripture says he will be. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's not a something. He's not a feeling. He's not a goosebump. Smith Wigglesworth says, in, in me is working a power stronger than any other power. He says, the life that is in me is a thousand times bigger than the outside of me. Wow. Do you realize what's on the inside of you if you made Jesus the Lord of your life. You know, it's interesting. One thing, when Joseph gave the testimony about those that got born again yesterday, also realized during a, during a Tarrant County food bank outreach, 10 people were baptized in the Holy Ghost. That's probably not happened at a whole lot of food banks across the <laughs> Metroplex. The greater one lives on the inside of us. You, if you made Jesus the Lord of your life, whether you realize it or not, feel it or not, you have the Spirit of God living on the inside of you. Thank you, Father. You have an assignment. I have an assignment. We, as a church family, we have an assignment. But that assignment is not going to be fulfilled apart from tapping in to the greater one that lives on the inside of us. Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, it talks about the Antichrist. In the last days, it talks about the Antichrist. And it says, and you will overcome him. Why? Because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It doesn't matter what might come my way. It doesn't matter what, what, what I might experience in my life. I have to understand I have the greater one living on the inside of me. There's nothing that I'm lacking. I have been given the word of God and I have been given the Holy Spirit. I have everything I need to be successful in life. A number of months back, I started listening to to this message by um, Dr. David Youngie Cho. And he he went home to be with Jesus uh, last September. Um, But he came from a, a Buddhist background. He grew up, his father was a devout Buddhist. He had tuberculosis when he was a teenager, and he cried out to to Buddha, but Buddha never showed up. He had a young girl that that he went to school with that and he, he wasn't expected to live. He was coughing up blood and 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 yet and yet he had this young girl. It's interesting God had to use a young girl he went to school with. God God wants to use you. Just think if this young girl didn't, didn't step in and, and, and was obedient to the Spirit of God and, he, he, and, she, and, and she took him a Bible. And he actually made fun of her at first, and, and, but yet she would come every day and come and talk to him. And finally, when, finally, when they got all said and done, she, she left the Bible. And he goes, it was from that point on that, she, that he made Jesus the Lord of his life and he was healed and tuberculosis did not destroy him, nor did it ever come back. Yeah. 
And so he, he said at, at he was 17 years of age, when he was 17 years of age, he cried to God. He said, he said, if, if, if you can heal me, he goes, I'm only 17 years of age. He goes, he goes, if, if, you know, he goes, I have a lot of my life yet. I tell you, if you, if you heal me, he goes, you will get great use of me. And what was the response? God sent a girl with a Bible. He goes throughout his you know, life in ministry and he, he went to a Bible school in Yeddo Island and, and, he, and, he, and he goes on and he ends, up, um, he, he ends up starting a church and he planted this church and it wasn't the, the church that we know that, that is there today, but he, had, he was a pastor of this church and, and it got to a point where he just was crying out to God and he said that his church, the church had grown cold. And he said people weren't being born again in the church and, and people weren't bringing people to the church and people weren't being, you know, witnessing and people weren't going out. And he goes, we had lost the fire as a church. And, and, and when he said that, he said, you know, our church was only 3,000 people at the time. But he said he knew in his heart it had grown cold and, and he was frustrated. And, and he, he laid down and he, and he fell asleep and with this cry on his heart and, and he, was, he had a dream. And Jesus came to him in this dream and, and, and he said this to him. He said, he said um, you know, he talked to him about the Holy Spirit. And he goes, and he goes, yeah, he goes, yes, I know the Holy Spirit. And he goes, yes, I pray in tongues and, 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 and yes, I do these things. And then all of a sudden in a voice, the, 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 in, in the vision, the Spirit of the Lord yelled at him. And he goes, that's your problem. He goes, you use the Holy Spirit. He is not something to be used. He is a person. He is a person. He is not something that you treat like an acrobat. He is a person. And the Lord gave him this vision and, and he gave him this dream and he asked him a question and he said, he goes, when the children of Israel were in the, in the, the wilderness... He goes, how many quail do you think they could have caught with their bare hands? And he, in the dream, he goes, I don't think any, but a lot of them would have died of sunstroke. And he goes, but yet, and the Lord said, and you're going to see it in Psalm 78, verses 21 through verse 27. Can you put that up? Psalms, I think it's 78, verses 24 through 27. Psalm 78, 24 through 27. Thank you, Father. Had rained down manna on them to eat and given them the bread from heaven. Next verse. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. Keep going. He caused an, now listen, an east wind to blow in the heavens and by his power he brought in the south wind. Keep going. He also rained meat on them like the dust and feathered fowl like the sand of the seas. And he said that, he, and he said, what you're missing, uh, uh, David, what you're missing, he was telling him is, is you are counting on your ability to grow this church. You're counting on your ability to fulfill your assignment. You're counting on what you can do in your life to try to fulfill what I placed on your life. And he was telling, he was telling Pastor Joey, he says, he goes, you're missing the point. He said, it was the Holy Spirit at work that caused the east wind to blow and the south wind to go by the power of God that brought in the quail to eat. And he goes, if you trust in me and you follow the Holy Spirit, I will cause the wind of my spirit to blow the souls across your path and I will fill up this church. He goes, stop using the Holy Spirit as some sort of instrument. No, he's a person. And the church went from 3,000 people to 6,000 people to 12,000 pe people to where the Lord told him to resign the church. He left that church and he went out to Yedo Island and he started from scratch. And the church today is over 800,000 people. Even though he's going to be with Jesus. But he said everything in his life and ministry after that point Succeeded because of this point of honoring the Holy Spirit. 
Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 14. He's close, Paul's closing out his church to Corinth here, and he says that the grace, this is verse 14, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, this word communion is koinonia. It's where we get our word intercourse. It's where we get our word, the intermingling of two lives. And, and so here, this last commission that he gives here is that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, you can feel a feeling from the presence of the Holy Spirit being in a place, but he's a person. The Holy Spirit. He is the gift above all any gifts. Jesus said, it's expedient that I go away because if I don't go, Betty, the Holy Spirit can't come. Jesus had fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Now, I know we, we talk about his fellowship with God. But you have to understand that God wasn't going to just show up and stand next to him in, in bodily form. Now, Paul even said this way. He, he said, when he was in Timothy, it says that when he, he was on trial, now listen, he says, no one stood with me. But what did he say? He said, but the Lord stood by me. Now, what did God come out of heaven and all of a sudden say, he showed up in a red suit with a, with a Superman cape on and I'm standing with Paul. I'm standing with Paul. No. What was Paul saying? when he said, the Lord stood with me. What are you saying? The spirit of the Lord was with me. And we know the spirit of the Lord was in him as well. He is the, so he realized he, he had to rely on when every, everything else and everyone else was forsaking him, he had this fellowship, this communion, this relationship, this yielding to the person of the Holy Spirit. And it's in this yielding to the Holy Spirit that we will be successful in school. It will be successful in our business. We'll be successful as witnesses for the Lord. We'll be successful as a church. It's, it's us as a church. It's me as a pastor. It's me as pastor in a net yielding to the Holy Spirit. And the person of the Holy Spirit will cause this community to be impacted and be able to lead as pastors in this community. Hallelujah. But it's only going to be by the person of the Holy Spirit and having fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But yeah, a lot of times we just kind of push the Holy Spirit to the side. But yet, He wants fellowship. Go to Zechariah chapter 4. Zechariah chapter 4. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Jesus relied on the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's what I was... That's what you're... I mean, he relied on the Holy Spirit. And like I said, I know we talk about him, his fellowship with God. And he said, Paul, Jesus said, apart from the Father, I can't do anything. But understanding that Jesus didn't do anything until he was filled with the Holy Spirit to begin with. Until the person of the Holy Spirit came upon him. Said it led him into the wilderness. You see, it was, it was the Spirit of God that was with him in the wilderness. 
Psalms 39 says, says, where can I go from his spirit? Where he, he says, he goes, if you go here, he's there. If you go to the lower parts of the earth, he's there. He goes, whether the light or the dark, he goes, both are the same to him. Meaning, meaning the spirit of God is, is where, is, is everywhere. And so, so our understanding Jesus was in the wilderness, but it was the spirit of God that caused him to, to know the word of God, to, to be able to stand against the, the, the wiles and the schemes of the enemy it was the Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus's life in the midst of the wilderness when the enemy came to him with the temptation. And he, and, and he, and he goes, just eat these, turn these stones into bread. I believe it was the Holy Spirit that he was fellowshipping with, was saying to him, he goes, no, remember the word of God in Deuteronomy says, says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I believe it was this, 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 this the Holy Spirit was this go between, between him and the father that caused this fellowship. I believe it was the Holy Spirit that was instructing him in his prayer time that was directing him to on, on the, on, on where to go, where not to go, when to stay, when to go, how to walk through the crowd and not even be not even be stoned how to how to talk and know that he has to go through Samaria because there's a woman at a well there I believe it was the Holy Spirit that was directing Jesus and just like he directed him into the wilderness also it said that he came out in the fullness of the spirit now let's look at Zechariah Verse 1 says, Now the angel who talked with me came and wakened me as a man who was wakened out of a sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I'm looking and there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it and one on the right hand of the bowl and other on the left. So I answered and I spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, What are these, my Lord? And then the angel who talked with me, answered and said to me, Do you know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. So he answered and said to him, Now listen to this. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Now, what is Zerubbabel? The word Zerubbabel, the name means to be sown in Babylon. The word Zerubbabel, the, the name Zerubbabel means to be sown in Babylon. Babylon represented the world system. So this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, meaning this is this is this word is going to come to the one that is going to be sowed into the world system. So this is for for that man that the Zerubbabel prophesying of the Messiah that is going to be sown into the earth. For God so loved the world he sowed his only begotten son do you see that? So here, this word of the Lord is to Zerubbabel. So this is to the one that was going to be sown into the earth. What was the word? Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Not by might. What does that mean? Not by a great army or having great wealth. What does power mean? Not by natural force or violence. So what is he saying? This one that's sown this, the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by, not by a great army, not by violence, but it's going to be by my spirit. Says the Lord of hosts. It's going to be by my spirit. It's not going to be in your own might. It's not going to be in your own. It wasn't going to be Jesus's personal ability that was going to accomplish it. It wasn't going to be a army uh, 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 from heaven that was all of a sudden going to overtake everything. No, it was going to be to this man Zerubbabel, the one sown the earth. It wasn't going to be by his personal might or his personal ability. But what? It was going to be by my spirit. And I love how it goes in to say, and, and it says this, who are you, O great mountain before Zerubbabel? Who are you, O great mountain of obstacle before the one sown in Babylon? You shall become a plain and you shall bring forth a capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Meaning, meaning, meaning this one that's going to come, it's, I'm telling you, is nothing's going to stop him. Nothing is going to hinder him when he's doing it by the spirit of the Lord. 
Now, without taking this too deep here this morning, understanding that it had these seven lamps. And each one of these seven lamps represented the seven spirits of the Lord, seven spirit of the Lord that you can see in Isaiah chapter 11. And what are those? What are those? It is the spirit of the Lord. It is the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So what was Jesus going to operate? What was going to be the very things that guided and directed Jesus's life? It was going to be the spirit of the Lord. It was going to be the spirit of wisdom, of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. So as Jesus is walking through life, what's he doing? He's tapping into the spirit of the Lord. He comes into a situation. He doesn't know what to do. What is he doing? He's getting counsel. He's, he, he's waiting for counsel. What is he doing? He's waiting for understanding. What does he need in this situation when he's standing before a person that's born blind? He's waiting on the spirit of might. I want you to know that when we receive the Holy Spirit, I want you to know that we opened our hearts up and opened ourselves up to receive the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. These, these seven spirits are dwelling down on the inside of each and every single one of us. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were to jump into a pool of water, you're going to get wet, right? No matter how much you would try to want and how much you would, mm, my clothes aren't going to get wet. I know that's kind of silly, but it's the same thing. When you received the Holy Ghost and you tap into the Holy Ghost, you can't help but be saturated to be filled with. And to overflow with what the Spirit has. When you jump in to the Spirit of God. And you tap into the Spirit of God. You are filled with everything that Jesus was filled with. This fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When I fellowship with Him as a person. It's impossible, like I said, to jump in a pool of water and not get wet. When you spend time with the Holy Spirit. Hate will be a thing of a past. There's some things that can happen in, in just a minute. That you've been trying to have, that you've been trying to make happen for thirty years. I, I believe in, I believe in a, in a scriptural side of counseling. I believe I believe in the spiritual side of counseling and and working on certain things, but also I believe that there's something that can happen in God's presence, a heart being healed. Memories being erased. See, all of a sudden seeing a greater value of yourself that you've been, you've, been, you've been wanting to see for the last 10 years. But in just a one minute, the Holy Spirit can come in and all of a sudden bring understanding. All of a sudden bring healing. All of a sudden bring change. Things that you were pressing into and say, God, I need direction on this. In just one moment of time, when you, when you, you get intimate with the Holy Spirit and you have communion with Him, all of a sudden you can just see it in an instant. I mean, that happened to me last Tuesday night when, when he that, when he did that and whew, there, and, and all of a sudden it was in a moment, it was in a moment I saw, I saw the next step I had to take for something. I, I, I'm not going to share with you, you, you with it right now, but I just saw it and, and, and not just saw it, but no, all of a sudden I had, I had faith that, that it can get done. And, and it was all, it was all in a matter of probably 30 seconds on the floor in the Holy Spirit. It doesn't have to be something spooky or something weird. He is a person sent from heaven. It was the very one that guided Jesus in and out of everything he did. And I'm telling you, when you spend time with him, you, you, you can't get away with, with holding offense. 
If you're holding on to offense, it's because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to heal your heart. If you're holding on to grief, and I'm not making light of your grief. If you're holding on to grief, then you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to, to, to work to work in you and bring healing to your heart on some things. Trust me, I'm not making light of anything you face or anything you've gone through or any struggles and abuse that you might experience in the past. I am not making light of that. But at the same time, I've got to talk about the goodness of God. I've got to talk about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I've got to talk that that he can come on the inside of you and all of a sudden you can see things that you've never seen before. I mean... The Holy Spirit is not a something and not an it. He is the very essence of heaven. He is the creative, tangible power of God. He was there from the very beginning when things were chaotic and things were out of order. And God was was looking from heaven and he saw the chaos. He stood up and he spoke. He said, light be. And what was happening before that? The Holy Spirit was hovering. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was waiting to be the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. All of a sudden, when he said, light be, then all of a sudden, God came in. God released the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit went and took things were, that were in chaos and disorder, and all of a sudden brought order and brought perfection and brought life and brought everything the way that God saw it to be. How much more has he seen your future? How much more does he know your calling? He knew you from the foundation of the world. He knew you when you're in your mother's womb. So he's seeing your future. But when you spend time with the word of God and the spirit of God, all of a sudden he starts navigating your, to your future. He starts navigating to your destiny. He starts navigating some things that you never thought possible, but it was only with God and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and understanding he is the most important friend I have. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. This, this, the the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about, I mean, I mean, we, we, God has to tell Paul to write to the churches and Paul's trying to communicate the, 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 this spirit, this, this entity that's on the inside of them and, 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 and to the churches of whether it's Corinth or whether it's to, to in Galatia. And, and he's talking to them and he, he tries to put words to explain this person. And he said, you know what? The, the fruit of the spirit, the, the fruit of the spirit is love. I mean, think about that for a moment. When you spend time with love, I mean, Jesus said, "If in John fourteen, he goes, I, I send the Helper, the Comforter to you." And he goes on, and I think it's verse twenty-seven. He says, "Then immediately, it's not a separate thought here." He goes. And he says, you know what? It's my peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. It's not as the world gives. So think, think about spending time with peace. When you jump into water, you're going to get wet. If, if we're not operating in the God kind of peace, it's because we're not spending time with peace. If we're not walking in love one towards another, then we're, 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 not, we're, not, we're not spending time with love. <laughs> I mean, if, 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 you, if you, you're, uh, all of a sudden, you, you know, you're, you're constantly talking about other people. And you're talking about churches and you're constantly criticizing things or giving your opinion about something, then, then you're not spending time with love. You're spending time with your emotions. You're spending time with your perspective instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to minister your heart and find out where you're wrong. We don't have, we don't have time for this stupid stuff. We don't have time for this stupid stuff. I don't have time to... to... I wasted too much time already. I 
mean, just think if, if we had, you know, probably with kids and everything this morning, we probably have 470 people or 500 people, 470. I don't know if Nikki might know. But, but think about if all of us spent time with, with love and we spent time with peace. We spent time with patience. We spent time with self-control. We spent, people say, well, I just can't stop doing those things that I'm doing. Well, maybe you're spending too much time with yourself and not enough time with the Holy Spirit. We want to blame other people, but really, it's really who we're hanging out with. I want my wife to tell a difference about me because of who I'm spending time with. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. I mean, think about it. If if we um, go to Acts 13, and I'll try to close with this. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. Just, Just stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I mean, it was the very Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Took him out of hell. We know that according to to Romans 6 and we know it according to Romans 8. What could the Holy Spirit do with your life? And you know, when, when he raised Jesus from the dead, it, 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 it didn't take long. Get, get your mind off a timetable for your freedom. Get, get, get your mind off on, on putting God in these boxes of, well, okay, in this time. Well, in, do you realize, you know, 3,000 people got saved on the first day when the church was birthed? I mean, a year from now, we could be a church of 2,000 people. You're like, well, I don't know how that's going to be. Well, me neither. But God. I mean, Acts 13, it's not really a place to just have to, not really a place to finish today, but. I think it's 52. I'm not sure. Verse 52, it says, And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. It's impossible to not be filled with the Holy Spirit and then not be filled with joy. And it's, it's impossible to be filled with joy and not be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm. Jesus, Jesus. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we desire to be in partnership with you, fellowship with you, joint interests. Lord, we repent where we've treated the Holy Spirit as just an instrument of religion. We apologize for even making the Holy Spirit and boiled it down to a feeling or an emotion or a goosebump. Awaken within our hearts today the reality of His person. You see, folks, He's a person. Thessalonians tells us to not grieve the Holy Spirit. You know what? You can't, you can't grieve a, a it. You can't grieve a something, but you can grieve a person. 
We apologize that we've times that we've grieved you. When you were speaking to us to do something and and we just refused to do it. like you directed Jesus. close your eyes, lift your hands to heaven and just for just a moment, let the spirit of the Lord minister to you right now. business, just raise your hands. Lift your hands to heaven. Just repay the pray this after me. Heavenly Father, I repent where I've tried to do business in my own ability. I repent for not yielding to Leading on, leaning on the person of the Holy Spirit to direct me, to guide me in every area of my business. I've received the anointing to lead. I've received the anointing to do business. I've received the anointing. And because of that, I have the Spirit of the Lord. I have knowledge. I have wisdom. I have understanding. And I have a fear of the Lord. Church Pastor Justin just asked me if I heard something or had something. Just dial it back a bit. The things you shared were so powerful. And I was really struck by how he said that at times we use the Holy Spirit. Now, that is so significant. We use the Holy Spirit. You know, you're in an emergency or you have a need and you use the Holy Spirit but are not conscious of walking with Him daily and having His friendship and His loving presence on a daily basis. And church, I just feel like we need to repent of that. To me, I don't know if one of us that would say, I'm not guilty of using the Holy Spirit. I never do that. I know I stood right over there and repented, Pastor. And I think we should just lift our hands. Father, in humility and need of your forgiveness and cleansing, As a congregation, we acknowledge our sin before you. That each and every one of us have been guilty of using, trying to use the Holy Spirit. Father, before heaven, 
We're asking you to forgive us and to cleanse us. Forgive us sins of our sins of commission where this is concerned. Forgive us for our sins of omitting the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. Father, cleanse us today in our walk with the Spirit because you've told us we're the temple of the Holy Spirit and you want to walk in us. And you want to talk through us. It's a walk of the Spirit every single day of our lives. And Father, from this moment forward, may we daily consecrate our lives before you to walk in the Holy Spirit. We're asking for a great cleansing and adjusting in our hearts that the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the Holy Spirit are the center of our everyday walking and talking and moving in this earth. Father, from today, we cherish the Holy Spirit. From today, we covet the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. From today, we are yielded to the Holy Spirit. And Father, I'm asking you in your mercy and your grace, fill us once again with the heavenly Holy Spirit. Fill us once again with your love, your joy, your freedom to walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Father, from today, let there be a new beginning in Heritage of Faith Church that we are committing to be a people of the spirit a people who know their God and do exploits in him and father we thank you right now pour out your spirit upon us pour out your spirit upon us we pray a fresh outpouring a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon Heritage of Faith Church and Father we're so thankful that you hear us you hear the cries of our hearts and you grant us even a new beginning a new walk In the spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. We have come here today with great hearts, grateful and thankful hearts. The word of the Lord says obedience is better than sacrifice. Just as the Lord spoke through our precious sister, in her obedience. So I'm grateful and I am thankful today for what God is doing out of all that this whole area all the churches he chose our church to have the meeting with Rodney Howard Brown and everything that happened that night was what we hear every week because the word says Without a vision, my people perish. But we heard and confirmed with our pastor the vision. The vision was spoken 
The vision is just taking leaps, stepping higher and higher because of the obedience Dr. Savelle called, you know, and Carolyn called and asked, you know, would you like to have this? They obeyed. It wasn't an easy thing to put something together in a short time. But the obedience, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit that is born. Just as Pastor shared, you know, the will of God right down in his heart. God gave him, you know. And that's what the word The whole message this morning is the vision. The vision of the house is being fulfilled. He's taking us. The Lord is taking us. The Spirit of God is taking us to see the vision. The vision. As Pastor said, every church is different. But the vision of this house is moving Forward. Hallelujah. Let's give him praise and honor and glory for what he is doing in this house. Thank you. Just take a just one more minute. Just lift our hands and thank Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you. 